0: Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. Black Friday will hit different this year. Are you ready? Market shifts, supply chain issues, and unpredictable consumer behavior means getting your inventory levels just right will be a major challenge that is unless you use inventory planner inventory planner is the top rated inventory planning app on shopify it tells you exactly which items to purchase and exactly when to purchase them based on reliable forecasts of future demand for your products taking seasonality and market shifts into account So, you never overstock unpopular items or run out of stock when orders spike. Start your 14 day free trial now at inventory planner.com forward slash trial. Now, over to your host, Nick Truman. Hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. Anyone who's tuning in for the first time, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. My name's Nick, been hosting the show for a few years now, and I do apologize in advance if I cough at all today, I sent Byron in my place to do our recording last week because I'm just getting over tonsillitis. So apologies if I don't sound my normal bubbly self today. If you're tuning in and it's not the first time and you're a regular listener, then welcome back. I hope you'll be able to vouch to all of our new listeners that I'm normally a lot more bubbly than this. But uh, I will do my absolute best. I wasn't going to miss two weeks of hanging out with you guys. Quick thing to flag is if you haven't already... Go on the winningwithshopify.com website and sign up to our newsletter. This is a shameless plug. The reason I say to sign up to our newsletter is that we're currently plugging a few things on there. We're also going to have some funky offers coming out soon from various different companies and brands. So if you want to know more about that, go and join the newsletter. More to be revealed soon. I've probably said too much already. But yeah, make sure you go and check that out. And equally, we are also running a webinar. So if you haven't already, check out the newsletter. The newsletter will have a link to the webinar. If not, feel free to drop us a quick email. It's not actually on our website, it's on a Eventbrite, And um, yeah, if you want to come to that webinar, it's all about how to get your business ready for peak, peak being Black Friday onwards and all the way through Christmas. It's the peak time of year for you to make money. So make sure you go and check out the webinar. Again, apologies for my throat in advance if I'm going to cough at all. I'm currently holding back a cough, so I'll do my absolute best today. Um, today we've got a very exciting topic, which is all about how to create your own jewellery brand. And I've got a very special guest to help me cover this topic because I know nothing about starting a jewellery brand, nothing in terms of jewellery anyway. My guest, her name is Charisma and Charisma, without further ado, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Nick, thanks so much for having me today.
0: Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us as it is with all of our guests. And as we always do, why don't you give us a quick overview to yourself and a little bit about Guildform as well.
1: Sure, I am Charisma Yev. I am the founder and CEO of Guildform. And Guildform is an all-in-one, print-on-demand jewelry design and manufacturing platform that helps creators uh, make jewelry from concept to creation, starting with a sketch. And prior to starting Guildform, I started off as a jewelry designer myself. I was making jewelry in my basement in Detroit And I ended up building this global jewelry brand, showcasing collections during Paris Fashion Week. One thing led to another and really stumbled upon this amazing opportunity to support creators all over the world by streamlining the process in which they create, produce and sell their jewelry products.
0: Amazing. And I, I love the fact that you were doing it yourself in the first place. We have so many guests on here who tell us that, for example, one of them a few months ago was telling us that they uh, lost their sense of taste. They completely killed their taste buds with too much lemon in one of their recipes at one point. So always good to hear that you've been obviously doing it yourself the manual way before then doing it for other companies as well. So why don't we start right in the beginning, Charisma? Like, let, let's talk about the story. So obviously you started out in Detroit. How did you get from in your basement making jewellery to where you guys are at Guildform today? supporting other companies making jewellery for them?
1: Yeah. So I started um, as a self-taught jewellery designer, a a metalsmith, a silversmith um, by trade. Mm. And I started casting precious metals in this basement in Detroit. And I uh, found that that process was so inspiring, so profound to be able to have an idea and to be able to transform that idea um, into uh, reality, it kind of felt like super alchemical. But really, with my brand, I really wanted to tell this story. Uh, I was inspired by the ancient curiosities of the world and visions of the future, and so I would take that inspiration and turn that into ready-to-wear jewelry products. And I, you know, really shared and showcased the the products. And then I was invited to showcase collections during Paris Fashion Week. Which then buyers saw my work, saw the brand, they loved it, and then they ultimately ended up purchasing products to be able to have them retail in their, their stores. And this was in you know 15 different countries, And as I was going through that process, I realized that, one, I have this amazing skill set, and I was able to literally turn my ideas into reality with my own two hands. That process. Well, it's amazing, and you know, amazing skill set to have it was so challenging. I am doing all of the things as the entrepreneur. I am the production manager. I'm making everything. I am the customer service and customer support side of things. I'm doing sales. I'm doing all the things, and even hosting uh, showroom events during Paris Fashion Week. And so, it was very clear to me that while I was trying to do everything myself, that Uh, eventually I was going to hit a a ceiling that I was not going to be able to accomplish my goals by doing everything myself. And let's face it, I was not operating in my zone of genius. I was doing all of the things and I really didn't have time to do the things that, you know, I was just like naturally good at and and naturally enjoyed. And it was clear that I needed some support and that support looked like a manufacturing uh, partner, a design partner, And as I started to, you know, dig deeper into that, I I was like, you know what? Failure is not an option. I need to figure this out because, you know, we call these like champagne problems. I had so much demand, demand from wholesale accounts, demand from direct consumer sales through my online store. And I was struggling to meet that demand by trying to hand make everything myself. And so um, it was very clear to me, I needed a manufacturing partner. And that's when I set out to find the perfect manufacturing partner. Um, and little did I know that that manufacturing partner did not exist. <laughs> and that was a right. challenging thing. Um, that perfect manufacturing partner uh, really turned out to be you know, long lead times, supply chain issues, expensive costs, high minimums, all those things. Um, Like you can imagine in terms of barriers to entry in this ancient industry known as the jewelry industry that has not evolved since the mid-1800s. And so um, I realized that that solution um, didn't really exist. Like I couldn't find a manufacturing partner to to help me solve those issues. And um, upon that realization, I knew that I I needed to create the the solution. And that's when Firm came in.
0: Amazing. And I just love hearing stories of where, and it always starts with the same thing in, in a good way. And it starts with a problem. You know, you were, you were suddenly finding yourself working so hard, making every single piece that went out the door. And you mentioned in there wholesale as well. And for anyone who's listening in thinking like wholesale, what's that? Wholesale is where you sell in bulk to another company who then sell it on to customer. Or, or you might sell it to a distributor who then sends it on to a retailer, who then sends it into customer, that sort of thing. But wholesale orders are absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. You know, how on earth could you keep up with those? Certainly in the, the initial bit before you found, well, I say found, before you created, and mm-hmm. you founded your your own business. H- how, how on earth did you keep up with that? You must have had thousands of products just... know in a massive long list and it's like oh my gosh I just need I need to go and physically make these with my hands
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um that's exactly what I did (laughs) okay (laughs) I went and physically made them with my hands um and that's where you know I became like I I realized that this wasn't going to to work It, it was not sustainable for me um as the business owner but also as the designer um that is leading this brand and so of course I had assistance here and there but it just really was not um a sustainable option for me with with me trying to do it all by myself um or with the small team though like I said I had the skill set but the question that I had to ask myself was is this the best um way to apply that skill set
0: and I guess one of the big challenges which you know I've not faced it in terms of production of products but I've certainly faced it in terms of production of you know, my agency offering SEO, PPC, it's only limited by how many people that we have doing a good job. So one of the things I, you know, I had to sort of struggle with years ago, which it sounds like you were in the same sort of boat is you could only achieve what you had time to do. And then, as you say, like all the kind of invoicing and running the business and, you know, actually trying to make some money out of this thing, you didn't have time to do any of that because you were so busy being the product. And for us, it involved, you know, hiring and, and, and training new people up to be able to do this sort of stuff. For you, what was the next step then? How did you move from like actually doing it yourself to proper manufacturing? And now like we've actually got a production line, there's more humans involved. How do you do that whilst keeping designs and quality and, and all the rest of those things still at a su- sufficient level?
1: Yeah, so what I did was actually, um, I, I took a moment, I actually took a break from designing for my own jewelry brands and for. And when I took that break, I started to do a lot of research on what's out there in terms of manufacturers. And I almost you know spoke to every manufacturer in the u s as no exaggeration. I am the one to do the absolute <laughs> okay. most, and I did it. And I worked with you know several manufacturers as well, and it was that point where I realized like this is not working. um this is not going to work. And I started to feel the challenges of you know this dated, old, traditional industry. Jewelry is one of the like, like ancient things. One of the most ancient things known to humanity. We've been wearing jewelry since the beginning of our time, and adornment is as ancient as humanity itself. And so, it was very clear that you know that industry, that the jewelry industry, was kind of you know still in that in that space. And so, um it was actually at that point that I realized that. I needed to be that solution. And so I started to do you know, a deep dive and research on what the ultimate all-in-one manufacturing design and manufacturing and fulfillment partner would look like, because that's exactly what a jewelry brand needs. That's exactly what a brand that wants to create um, and produce and sell jewelry products needs, right? No matter if they are like known as a jewelry brand or not, they could be an influencer or a fashion or apparel company and they want to add jewelry products. No matter where they're starting, if you want to create a jewelry product, this is essentially what you would need, right? And so that's when I uh, took the time to really just like ideate what that was. And then from there, I went to build it. Um, And so at that point, I launched and opened up Detroit's only full service jewelry manufacturing facility that leverages 3D technology and automation to help the production process where we create high quality precious metal jewelry in Detroit, leveraging this amazing technology. And then also our all-in-one platform known as Farm that allows for uh, creators to design, produce, and sell their Joy products by getting them to market instantly, getting real-time metal market pricing, real-time visual renderings, and more. Um, so that's where you know we just focused on like if it doesn't exist then build it. And that was my mindset that I had. And I went out and I did just that.
0: Amazing. And I guess you've got this almost unique perspective on this then, that you've been the retailer, you've been the at-home-in-the-basement manufacturer, and then you've also now become the overall manufacturer drop shipper. And we'll come on some of those bits a bit later as to, you know, what that means, what it looks like, how it works, etc. But I guess a, a really big question, and this, this is really, I think, playing into a lot of the guys that you're currently listening at home – what are some of the things you would give entrepreneurs, business owners, people starting out at the moment? What are some of the bits of advice you would give to them right now when it comes to the jewellery market?
1: Yeah, to, um One, I think start from the uh, perspective of mindset. I think to, to make any to like change or to develop or build anything, it all starts with yourself what that means to me is to simply like bet on yourself to um, take that chance and to believe in your vision, right? So when we're creating a product from scratch, we often question ourselves, like, you know, is this good? Is this good enough? Will it stand out from the market? Can it compete in this $330 billion market? Can this product that I'm creating from scratch (laughs) make it? Um, And my advice that I would give to anyone that's getting started, Irrespective of their experience, whether, like I said, they are just getting started or, you know, a, a veteran jewelry company to simply bet on yourself and to believe in your vision, I think would be like the the beginning, the ultimate beginning and starting point uh, for anyone that is um, wanting to start a jewelry business.
0: And I guess one of the biggest challenges, which this is not unique to jewellery at all, but jewellery is, a, I think, a classic example of this. There are so many companies out there, lots of which doing a very good job, lots not doing such a good job in terms of customer service, delivering a good product, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess one of the biggest challenges for anyone starting a jewellery business now is actually how to cut, as you said, cut through that noise. And as you say, deliver something that's actually good enough that people want to purchase it. I've certainly, je- jewellery, I'm, I'm afraid to say, but there is a silver lining to this as well, but I'm afraid to say jewellery is one of those industries that we've worked in quite a lot and we found some companies have been absolutely phenomenal at it. Ones that have good, good products, you know, they've got stones in some of the pieces, which increases the whole value model, etc., cetera, et cetera, We've equally had some who are, you know, making stuff at home, jewellery from a completely different you know, mix of different products that go into it, different materials, et cetera, et cetera. And just, you know, they're not entrepreneurs. They're not making stuff people want to buy. They don't know who their customer is, how to sell it. I think with jewelry, you you know, correct me if, uh, if you disagree, Charisma, but I think you've got to be so on it when it comes to good product, well-positioned, strong brand, and then Shopify comes in, you know, easy to buy, I think is another really important f- uh, factor in there.
1: You nailed it. And I also, you know, want to add to that, you know, have a great story to tell. Um, jewelry is something that is it, it's an intimate product that people carry with them throughout their day. Um, and so having a story to tell with your brand, your ethos and philosophy will go a long way. Um, so that's also, you know, important as you as we think about getting started with your brand.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think I mean we sometimes call it emotive, you know, it's it's very, it's a very emotive thing. You're wearing something, people are gonna notice it, they're gonna ask you about it. So just saying, like, oh, I just thought it was a nice nice necklace and that's kind of the end of it. It doesn't really cut it in this day and age. You know, you've got to look at who's the alternative if they don't buy it from me. And if another company has an amazing story or you say, oh yeah, I found this amazing like, you know, surfing shop that had all these amazing ocean themed pieces of jewelry, you know, it's like next day delivery, or actually, you know, it it took three weeks to arrive because they custom made it for me. All those things build into that story and actually it gives the customer something to buy into as opposed to just, You know, so the sort of Amazon approach, here's a product, do you want it? Yes and no. And that's kind of the end of things. So I guess we've spoken about a few of them, but what are some of the other common challenges that jewellery businesses face online? Is there anything else that you would say is a a repeat theme that actually, if you can nail this, you're going to do well in this industry?
1: Supply chain. <laughs> supply chain is. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Yes. Uh, supply yeah, chain is. It's a, it's a huge barrier. Um, you know, with you can have all of those things that you mentioned. You can have a great brand. You can have a great product. You can have a great design, great customer base, defined personas. You, you know, every literally have everything. But if you don't have supply chain, you don't have a product. And so, what are you selling? And so that's why I think supply chain is is super important, making sure that you have a streamlined way to get your products to market, having a streamlined way for designing new collections uh, in a way that's also quick, right? efficient and you know allows for you to respond to to trends and allows for you to capture specific moments that would allow for you to amplify your brand in a, in a truly unique way so I think you know the design process the production process and the fulfillment process needs to be defined um, you know quite well in order to be successful in the jewelry business
0: and I'm glad you've talked about supply chain, not just because you guys are the supply chain, but also because it's something we have spoken about quite a lot on the podcast. And one of the biggest, you know, if you ask a lot of successful Shopify Plus stores about their journey, how did you get here? All of them will talk about supply chain problems at some point. You know, there will be a moment where it's like, like, for example, one we spoke to ages ago called Billy Footwear. They said they did their first product run. And the products all turned up and they were all very excited. But they this was done through a Kickstarter campaign. So people had already purchased these products. They did a product run. And the quality of the products was absolutely terrible. <laughs> and they, they just couldn't send them out. And it just creates an enormous mess all over the place of different problems. We've spoken about that with those guys. We've spoken in the past as well when it comes to supply chain of like getting to, like I said about our webinar, talking about peak. You get to peak. And you're there going like, right, it's Christmas, sell as much as we possibly can. And then it's like, nope, warehouse is empty. Mm-hmm. Or actually, nope, we're dropshipping and our drop ship has gone missing. Or they've sold enough now, so they've stopped. So I think one of the biggest challenges that, that people need to overcome is making sure that you are sourcing your products, both ethically and also from somewhere, as you say, that has a strong supply chain. One of the biggest jumps that people make when they're growing a store as well is when you go from just buying something that somebody else has made stocking it yourself and sending it out then you might go then you want to go to something that you've actually started to customize and design yourself or kick off with that in the first place so then obviously working with you guys you get that facility there immediately but it's a little bit different with you guys because it's it's drop shipping but traditional drop or, or, sorry there's a drop shipping option traditionally people would look at a catalog of products uh, for drop shipping And just go, I want to stock all of this stuff. You stick it on your site. And if anything gets bought, the dropshippers send it out. With you guys, it's a bit different though, isn't it? Because people can actually have a huge input in what's designed, what it looks like, how it works, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Absolutely. Um, They are creating the products from scratch. And so what's different about Guiltform with our all-in-one print-on-demand jewelry design and manufacturing platform is that we enable and empower creators to make custom jewelry products from scratch, right? And so essentially our creators come with an idea. They create a project with that idea. They then you know, add you know, details and descriptions and dimensions and reference images. And then they hire from our global network of jewelry CAD designers um, that will then turn the sketch or reference image into a 3D model that is then used for production. Either we're going to use it for production um, now, and you you click produce and you select your materials, and you you know want to get a physical product, or you publish that product to your Shopify store. And what happens is is once you get a sale, Guiltform Form would then produce that product at the specifications that you set forth. You also can set multiple variants or other specifications. So let's say you create a ring, and you want that ring to be sold in silver. So you want it to be sold in a solid gold option for a higher price point. And then you want to be able to sell it in a vermeil, which is a sterling silver and a gold plating. You can do that. Um, you can even create that ring from scratch. So let's say you wanted to to create a ring that is sculpted to look like you. <laughs> you want it, your your face. You want to sell your face in a ring. Um, you could do that.
0: I think everybody wants that. I know everybody listening will go, I wish I had a ring on my hand with uh, Nick's face on it. So. <laughs> 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 nice.
1: Exactly. So like but the the, the point is is like you can literally create anything mm. from scratch um, and um, publish it to your store and tap into this drop shipping, which is amazing. And I think kind of going back to what you had said previously is you know in order to be a successful brand, you want to stand out from the rest. Yep. And so you know, starting a, a jewelry brand or adding a jewelry line or jewelry products to your store, it's not really going to cut it if you are choosing from a catalog that thousands of other companies have chosen from, and now you're competing with the same exact product. And so the only way that you win is by lowering your price or maybe you're trying to figure out a differentiating um, element such as, you know, your brand story. Um, which is a hard game and it's not really something that's going to stand out to that um, to the jewellery consumer.
0: Yeah, and I think it's you've nailed so many of the different problems we talk about so much in the podcast about, you know, what's your USP, are you unique, how copyable is your business? And I think there's definitely an element of copyable is anybody you know, can come to you guys and start selling jewellery. But that's where it starts to then come down to, you know, as a business owner, you should probably create some different lines and start to see which ones sell And then go down the more traditional business route of talking to those customers. What was it about this product that you liked? And you'd say, oh, I love the fact that, you know, I love Nick's podcast and I wanted Nick's face on a, you know, on an item of jewellery on my person at all times. (laughs) It's it's things like that that you then want to start learning. And I'd be shocked if anyone ever actually said that about our podcast and my face. But the, the point being that, you've got to then have those focus groups and then go back to the drawing board and go, right, people like these products, but they don't like these ones or they're buying these, but we get quite a lot of returns or complaints about those. So let's stop selling as many of those and start selling more of these. And that's where you can then develop and enhance your product line. And I think everything from looking at the analytics to talking to your customers about these things, um, those are the things that are going to support you in in starting to do that. And then of course, they come straight back to you guys and go, right, these products working well, so we're going to make more of those.
1: Exactly. Um, And then when they're ready to do that, um, they could um, evolve into another portion of Guild which would allow for them to essentially produce on demand, but even access like on demand financing and funding to fund their production. Oh, wow. So let's say they have a, a focus group or, or they create a product, they publish it to Shopify, and it does extremely well. We're doing the drop um, shipping model, they're only paying for production when they get sales. Guild Form. Produces it, starting with the 3D printing process, all the way through to a final quality check. We package it in custom packaging that we also offer to these creators, and then we ship it directly to their end customer. So let's say that's going extremely well, and maybe they get um, spotted by a wholesale buyer, and let's say you know it, it's a, a a retail chain. Let's say it's Macy's and Macy's like, hey, we love this product and we want to start selling it in our store in the U.S. And so uh, the next step is to figure out, okay, how do I transform this on-demand model into something that can help me scale this brand, right? Right. Um, and so the next step for that would be to essentially just do that same process, uh, select that design, upload it to uh guild form, then select your materials, you're entering your quantities, all the specs um, that you're going to sell that product at. And then you'll get something known as quantity discount. So when you enter in the quantity um, that is needed for that wholesale purchase order, um, you then will see a, a discount. So you can have better margins on your, on your products, but then also, you know, understanding that the more you get, uh, more products you get at once, the higher that initial cost is going to be. And so one thing that we also offer is financing to creators up to $50,000 to fund the production of their products. So there is, um, no more, you know, limitations or barriers, for accessing all the things that you need. We're really all about empowering faders uh, no matter what stage of the journey that they're in.
0: And I think certainly for those, I mentioned wholesale earlier on, for those first few wholesale orders where it's like, great, these guys want to buy 5,000 of our products, which is more than we've ever sold, you know, as an example. Being able to essentially buy from you guys, do it on finance and pay you once they've been paid <laughs> means that now they have that financial capital to actually fulfill the order, is what Charisma is saying. So I think it's, it's super exciting to be able to do that because, again, I've, I've had you know, clients in the past who are just scrambling to get every cent and dime they can together to, to get this order through to make sure the wholesale order happens. Because let's face it, your first few wholesale orders are going to be absolutely massive. They're going to generate tons of profit for you. And it's one of the reasons that so many businesses go wholesale sometimes before they actually go direct to consumer. We obviously are massive advocates here of direct consumer being the Winning with Shopify podcast. But I think it's... It, it, I wasn't actually aware of the financing option, but that is so unique to be able to do that. And I, I love the fact that just from your point of view, which I think is a really interesting point across the board, is you've spotted where there's a barrier to entry and you've removed the barrier, which makes trading with you for your customers, as in Guildform customers, even smoother. And I, I think it's worth emphasising that point to anybody running a store or any kind of business to go... What is our barrier to entry? How can we lower that so we're easier to trade with? Therefore, more people want to trade with us. Yeah, it sounds sounds like a brilliant, brilliant business model for, for all involved.
1: Absolutely, and we are strong advocates. We love direct to consumer. We love Shopify. We love the um, just how you are as a as an entrepreneur empowered, right? Um, and so. What is also exciting to us is the ability to meet the creators where they are. So if you receive an opportunity, being able to respond to it and not feel the the pressures of, you know, the limitations of like, oh, you know, I have this amazing opportunity, but now I can't respond to it. Or Mm -hmm. now I'm, you know, being struggled, like being challenged and having struggles in order to respond to that challenge. And so, you know, we, we really look to um, empowering creators in as many ways as we can. And financing is a huge barrier to entry. And it's even, you know, a great way to leverage financing. It does not have to be to fulfill even a wholesale order. It could be, let's say you have an influencer marketing strategy and you want to send 100 products to 100 of your, you know, favorite influencers or send collections if you also like, if you wanted to finance that and pay for that over time, you could do that as well. So we always look at like, what is the strategy um, when when leveraging things like uh, financing to to fund the production side of things, and you know look at the strategy, see what works for you and your business, and go from there.
0: Excellent. I mean, uh, financing in general. I'm always a big fan of it as long as people are ready to pay it back. I think that's, yeah. that's always the flip side of this. So with a wholesale order, you know you've got that revenue coming in. Mm-hmm. You're just basically giving a loan in the middle and possibly not even for the full amount. Depends on you know what the margin is. I guess you guys would finance the cost of, the, of actually building the products mm-hmm. but, or manufacturing the products. But what you wouldn't finance is the profit bit, which is the money they're going to make. But then... You know, if you're doing wholesale, you're going to get paid within a month or two of that happening, which is great. So I guess another another thing to come on to that I think is really important here is what would you say is important? And it's, it's a slightly loaded question because I know it is important. Um, but, but what would you say is important when it comes down to things like customer service and also consistency of product? You know, there's, there's nothing worse than a, a customer finally coming back to make that second order on a website. And it's like, great, all of our hard work has finally paid off. We've got a second order. The first one cost us a fortune on google or facebook or something the second orders come in but then the customer is not happy with the quality you know it's not up to the same level so how is it how important is it to have that continuity between manufacturing as in if you could get everything from one manufacturer there's a big bonus to be had there
1: yeah um i think quality is extremely important at guilt we prioritize quality um, and, you know, I think that when it comes to producing a product and, you know, having a, such a strong alliance and like your, your brand vision and your business model, quality should be literally at the top of, you know, the priority list. And so I think one thing to always be like a, a trick of the trade is to consistently test the quality yourself. Um, have it in your budget to actually place orders and to test the quality. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's actually encouraged no matter what it is that you're doing. Now with GoForm, we pride ourselves in our quality. We have built not only our manufacturing process around quality, but also built technology, built our technology, proprietary technology platforms to actually improve, continuously improve quality, um, and, and being able to, to respond quite quickly. So an example of that is Farm has its own internal enterprise resource planning software, also known as the ERP. So with our ERP, our production artisans are managing quality at every step of the process. So we actually are not even able, as artisans, are not even able to move the product from one step of the process, let's say 3D printing to clipping the 3D prints until they validated and, you know, went through this extensive (laughs) checklist of all of the quality checking things and documented the quality from there. So... When it comes to quality, we do not skimp on it, but also a great way for any business, any entrepreneur that is, um, you know, building and creating a product. I think, you know, a good trick is to just test the quality on a consistent basis so that you can make sure that there is consistency. And then also having open lines with your uh, manufacturing partner or your supplier, right? So if there's something, a shift that you see, or if there's a a way that you just want to improve it, just communicate that. And I'm sure that whatever supplier that you're working with is going to um, really appreciate that um, and take that constructive feedback and be able to apply that in your future orders. So you want to look at your supplier as a a partner. Um, They're a fundamental part of your business and you should be able to have that open line of communication.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think one of the things, certainly with jewellery, is that if you have a product that is of low quality... You're going to get found out so quickly. Like in this day and age, there is no hiding. People will be leaving you reviews on your TripAdvisor, Trustpilot reviews, you know, obviously TripAdvisor being a physical review platform. But people are going to start reviewing you. They're going to start talking on social media. There's going to be complaints on your websites. You're going to have all this extra customer service stuff to do. And certainly with jewellery, I would say it's, it's it's an item that almost needs to be more strong and durable than most items, because you're literally wearing it everywhere you go. You know, jewellery is, is certainly not a, uh, there are cheap versions, but it's not a cheap items. So people are gonna invest money in that. And I think equally for you guys, and it's something I would say is the middle person between you and, and the merchants themselves that are listening. Having a good manufacturer and a good relationship with that supplier is so important. Because if they start delivering bad products, you're not going to be buying them anymore. And I think that's really important, especially when they've done all the integration with your tech as well. It's all very well you guys sending the product out and making the tech super easy to use and saying how great Shopify is. If you're not making good products, no one's going to keep using you because they, they physically and financially cannot afford to anymore. Because if if they're paying you for products and the customers aren't actually you know enjoying those products and, and buying more of them, the whole thing's been a waste of time. So I think... Yeah, I, I, I've never, ever said that manufacturing should be done quickly, cheaply or easily. I think it's it's important to get this one absolutely right, for sure.
1: One hundred percent. And not only is quality, you know, super important, but also sustainability and how. So it's um, the how things are made uh, not only directly contribute to the quality and the result of the quality of you know, your product. But also the sustainability. So with Guildform, every single material that you select on the platform when you're producing your product, it comes 100% refined um, and sustainably sourced, and um, everything is made in Detroit, where you know we're paying a living wage, um, and you know I think it's something that is extremely important, not only for you know, guilt form to its merchants, but also the, the merchants to the customers as well. Being able to tell that story that every product that they are designing and, and selling is made of sustainable materials, the impact that of mined metals, the, the impact that that has on the earth, the impact that that has on the communities surrounding those mines, um, isn't really conducive to, you know, the future that we want to live in. And so with form we actually start at the, the source and we believe in starting at the source. And so every single product that um, merchants are able to design and produce will come sustainably made, um, leveraging these sustainable materials. And so, you know, quality is not only like the look and feel of the product, but it's also how the product is made. Um, and that you know that that should be considered throughout the um the production process
0: yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I think just from a marketing point of view, consumers and rightly so I, I fully support this movement. consumers are getting so much more savvy to you know is this a sustainable product? Have people been paid fairly to produce this product you know things like in the foods um, and consumables industry things like fair trade for example making sure that farmers are being paid correctly for the tea and coffee that we drink probably more tea here than anywhere else given that we're uh, here in the uk and we love a good cup of tea um but again <laughs> i think that sustainability is so important i think any anyone listening if your business is not looking at the sustainable elements of you know, what environmental impact is all the delivery having? Where do our products come from? Are we paying people fairly for their time, their energy, their resources? You know, if this is not being done properly, it's just a ticking time bomb. You know, it's just a matter of time now until you get found out. And as I say, people start talking. And it's so important to make sure that we yeah, get, get that conversation right and that you guys have the ammunition to say, no, no, we are sustainable. And actually, we're making further changes to become more sustainable and looping right back to something you said right at the start is we need to make sure that, you know, we we are being at the cutting edge of the jewellery industry because there are so many jewellery stores. And, you know, we spoke about this in detail right at the start. There are so many jewellery stores out there. You're going to get found out. You've got to be sustainable in the way you do things. Otherwise, nobody's going to shop with you anymore. And that that feeds into that thing you mentioned earlier about the story. You know, what is the story of your jewellery company? You know, it's not just... We're really good at making jewel. Well, we're really good at selling jewelry and making good profit from it. That is not a good story for for consumers. I'm not sure anyone would ever say that. But that that is the opposite of what you want to go for. It's about the sustainability. It's about especially if there are. And I don't know if this applies to any of your materials, but if there's any interesting places that some of the Designs or materials come from, you know, if you're using anything like um, pearls in things, you know, it's a very rare thing to try and find, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then you might also tell me there's some very sustainable, you know, non-sustainable reason why we don't use pearls anymore, which is quite likely. <laughs> but yeah, I think adding in those kind of rare, eclectic, you know, sort of acquired taste things again, it builds a story and it means you can start building, which is is such an yeah. important part of this, and that's building that niche. Or as some people say in the US, niche. Yeah. Still, they need to say both of them now. But, but yeah, building that, you know, that, that target customer base, it's like, these are our customers. These are the guys we're targeting. And that will change over time. But, but yeah, I mean, do, do you guys focus on that? Do you have like, a, you know, sort of specific rare materials you use or are there certain designs you can recommend? So like, well, this is a very rare ancient Greek design or, you know, something really fancy. That yeah. Then when somebody buys that as a gift, it means a lot more.
1: You know, we actually leverage our process and our uh, materials in terms of sustainability because we are allowing for creators and merchants to make their own unique products from scratch. There's no one product that I can name, but how the products are made um, is truly, truly like on the cutting edge. Um, So by leveraging, you know, 3D technology, We're only producing what's needed uh, when it's needed. And so there is no surplus. There is no waste. And we, um, by leveraging refined metals, we're able to use the metals that are existing out there in in its most refined state um, and be able to breathe a new life into products that are being created from scratch by merchants all over the world. And, you know, um, I think that's something that's truly, truly unique. We've seen a lot of creators and merchants tell the story of how their products are made. So, um, you know, really like showing the process of the 3D printing process that we do mm. here in Detroit, showing the polishing process and using that as amazing social content mm-hmm. to talk about how their products are being made. That's the and winner, And then, isn't you know, <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, I think traditionally in the past, Um, we have been like secretive or merchants can can be secretive of who their suppliers are. They really don't want to um, put too much information out there, hold their cards to the chest, really close to the chest um, because that they're afraid that another merchant might take their supplier or to work with them. But what we're seeing is actually the opposite. Creators are really like building on the fact that their products are Created, empowered by guilt form, and that they are empowered by guilt form. And telling that story is something that truly stands out. Um, You know, they can say that my products are made in Detroit. They are, you know, they start with the 3D printing process. Look here, this is what it looks like. And being able to tell that story, our merchants have, you know, actually said that. Um, you know the specific campaigns that they created around the process, around you know showing how they upload their three D models, and even giving their customers a sneak peek of products that are soon to come, has actually helped increase their sales overall and engagement.
0: Amazing! And I, 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 was, I was going to ask for one of my last questions, which you've already covered. How can we, or how to say we, I, I'm not currently a Guildform customer, but how can, how can people that are using Guildform share some of that, that insight and actual pictures of the factory? You just covered that. And I think it's so important. You know, I was reading a guide a while ago online about w- what's, what makes somebody want to buy something, what helps people to understand the value of things. And certainly with jewellery, there's, there's probably loads of obvious ones of convincing somebody this was not a product that was just mass produced in a factory one afternoon. There's more to it than that. You know, it's been designed, it's been put together with particular materials, etc., etc. But nothing speaks louder than having actual, you know, pictures and that sort of thing of the factory, of the building process. Years ago, I ran my own Shopify store that a lot of our listeners would know about because I talk about how much of a failure it was and how much I've learnt uh, since, uh, since my, my e-commerce days um, of running that. But the, the product we sold were bamboo sunglasses. And we, one of our criteria to work with a particular factory is we actually ordered that. We did order them in from China, but we found a small local family run factory as opposed to just one of the mass produced, you know, huge ones. They were much more ethical than any other factory we spoke to. And they sent us pictures of the bamboo growing. We got a weekly picture from the actual farmers that were growing the bamboo. So we could see it growing and be like, it's been a really rainy couple of days. The trees grow by up to a foot a day to give you an idea as to like some of the statistics we started using. And then we got pictures of people actually engraving our logo, laser engraving our logo on the side of the product. And we used all of this to say, look, this is, you know, Rachel who's based in our factory in China. Rachel is making this product here. And you can see them actually assembling stuff and the fact they've got all the correct safety gear and, you know, PPE and all that sort of stuff on whilst working with the machinery. And so it's really important to us. And initially we just asked them to send pictures so we had some evidence to go like okay you know we, ha- we can't afford to go out to China but we want to see this so I think finding out the you know where your products are from are really important yes plus I imagine there must be a really big USP in that in that reassurance of actually saying well our products are made you know they're printed on demand or whatever but they're made in the US you know it's not something we're importing from another country and I think certainly with all the economic challenges right now, you know, consumers are very wise to the fact that if we're buying products that are made in our country, that's good for our country because we're supporting local business, our local economies, et cetera, et cetera. And as I say, like, you know, consumers are so wise now. We don't just go out to the cheapest clothes shop and buy, you know, as much as possible. There's still some people that do that. But people generally now are looking at where things are made, how they're made. You know, has anybody been hurt or any animals been hurt in the process of making these things? So important. So important.
1: Very important.
0: Cool. Well, look, what we'll do is we'll bring things to a close there. I think it's been amazing having you on the show. But the last question, the most important question always is, if someone's listening, going, all right, I'm sold. I want, uh, you know, I'm going to start a jewellery shop or actually want to start offering jewellery on our store. How can they reach out? What's the best way to get hold of you guys? Where can they find the app? What's the best place to, uh, to kick things off?
1: Yeah. So go to guildform.com. That is G-I-L-D-F-O-R-M.com. Create an account, make your first project and um, get started with bringing your idea to life um, and like, just truly get started with guildform.com.
0: Amazing. And once they're ready to go, we've said it already, but just to confirm, there's a Shopify app, integrates everything. It creates the order in Guildform, sends it out, updates Shopify once the order's gone, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yes, uh, they can connect um, their Shopify URL um, and all that good stuff um, directly in their Guild form profile. They can also install the form print-on-demand app on the Shopify App Store.
0: Amazing. Charisma, it's been an absolute joy to have you on the show today. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Excellent. And I expect to see thousands of new jewelry shops popping up all over the the US and across Europe as well as a result of today. So thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. It's been great to have you all with us. Hope to have you again next week. As I said a a couple of weeks ago, we've got um, lots of different guests coming on at the moment. So they're kind of like different one-off episodes. So keep your eyes peeled. We've got some phenomenal people coming on um, as well. So yeah, hope you're staying safe. Hope business is going well. And we'll see you again next week.
1: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can
0: subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.